Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Too Late to Fly podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm Kevin. Together, we're going to dive into different topics around weight loss, body image, relationships with food, and how to overcome life's everyday struggles and challenges so we can all live our best lives possible. Remember, it's It's never never too late late to fly. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is episode 48, and this actually is a very special episode for us because this is one year since we started this whole Not Never Too Late to Fly podcast. Um, we are very, very, very thankful for each and every one of you guys who have tuned in and listened week in and week out. This episode is going to be talking about Jacqueline and her relationship with food, especially being able to make those choices of not being all in or not all out while we were on our trip in Disneyland. This is one of the first times we've gone away somewhere, and it has not been all in or all out. It's been more of like that middle ground, that middle road that you've uh, been working so hard on trying to reach and find. Right. So I have been working on my eating disorder recovery for the past really year now. And something that I'm definitely working on, like Kevin said, is not being all in or all out or not that all or nothing mentality. And especially when it comes to travel and being away from like your normal routine, it's very hard for me. And in the past, it's been something where it has definitely been I've been all in, or I've been all out. And it's either I'm completely binging out on everything in sight, making myself sick, Because I have this need to like, I have to eat all of this now because when I get home, I'm never going to allow myself to have this again. And kind of ignoring my hunger cues if something tastes good, if I feel like it, and just completely binging because A, I never allow myself to have it. And then B, it's this need of I have to have it all now because I'm never going to allow myself to have it again. Well, also, it's readily available. Like if we go to Disneyland, there's all kinds of treats and snacks and different foods that it's there. I'm going to have it all because I can. Right. And it's that mindset of I have to eat it all, like not just a bite or not just what sounds good, but all of it because I'm never going to allow myself to have it again. And it's that mindset of right when I get home from this trip or right when I get home from Disneyland, I'm back on my program. I'm going to be quote unquote good. I'm going to make good choices and get back to my routine. So now while I'm on vacation or in Disneyland, it's I have to go all in hard and eat everything in sight. And then there's the opposite where I completely restricted myself, would not even allow myself to have a bite of anything And was so rigid to, I have to follow my diet, my program, my schedule, my routine. And it was complete opposite of the binging. So there was none of that middle ground of being mindful, but still enjoying. It was, I'm not allowing myself to have any of this. Right. And that would be like when we went on that trip to Hawaii and you sought out a Jenny Craig Center to be able to buy the food so that you would be able to stick to your plan and your program instead of enjoying the things that are available only when you're there. Right. So when we went on a family trip to Hawaii, I researched the island, researched the hotel, found that there was a Jenny Craig Center that we would be able to drive to, rented a car, and drove to the center to pick up Jenny Craig food and kept it in our hotel room, in the refrigerator, microwaved the food, brought it down to the pool. And in that moment... 
I felt so proud of myself. Like, look at how dedicated I am. I'm doing such a good job. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm on vacation and I'm still working towards my goals and I'm eating Jenny Craig food. And I felt so proud of myself, not realizing in that moment how hard, how how much I was actually in eating disorder with that mentality of praising myself for dieting on vacation so much that I sought out a Jenny Craig center to eat the Jenny Craig food because that's what I thought I had to do and thinking that was okay, thinking that was good, thinking I was making a good choice by doing that, not realizing the damage or the harm that I was only feeding into the eating disorder at that time. Right. And I think that's where at that moment you were so dialed in and so focused on your goals that you didn't have kind of like that big picture in view. You were so focused on the end of getting as small as you could that you weren't able to see kind of like the rest of the progress that you were making at the same time. And I think that plays into, which is now something I'm very aware of, is the thoughts and the reactions and the comments of others while we're on a weight loss journey. Because unless you're aware of it of yourself or they're aware of what they're doing, it's like you're praised for doing it. Like, I don't know how many times, you know, my mom or my sister, even the Jenny Craig lady in Hawaii or my Jenny Craig lady when I got back said, yo, that's such a great job. That's so amazing you did that. And you're praised for making these choices And that just fuels that fire of, see, this is what I should be doing. These are the choices I should be making. Not that they're doing it on purpose. Not that they're saying, oh, yeah, she has an eating disorder. Let's feed into it and tell her she's doing a great job. But unless you're aware of how harmful some of those comments can be and how it just feeds into that negative thinking, you're not aware of it. So that added to me thinking by being all in and sticking to my diet and doing Jenny Craig, I'm doing a good job which is what's the opposite of that binging out and eating other foods is bad. So then you have that reaction or that thought in your head. If I'm eating these foods, if I'm not on my diet or program, then that's bad. And that's, I think where that. Right. And I think that's where it's key to find that balance of, okay, maybe you still go to Jenny Craig when you went to Hawaii, you get your breakfast or your lunch and you have a meal out for dinner or you have dessert or you, you kind of mix the two together as opposed to being all one way or all the other way. The key for right. you, I think, is finding that happy middle ground. And I think that's what you've been working on so hard here, for, especially this last year. And I think this most recent trip that we just took and went when we were in Disneyland, you've seen it kind of all come together and you were able to make some of those choices as far as like finding that middle ground. Right. And you brought up a great point because it is okay if you're traveling or going on vacation to keep your goals in mind, to want to be mindful of the choices and decisions you're making, whether that's waking up to get a workout in at the gym, going for a walk every morning, like Kevin said, eating maybe if it is Jenny Craig snacks and then treating yourself to a dessert, being aware of kind of those decisions. If you really have a big goal that you want to reach, I think it's totally fine. But I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is the mindfulness Why are you making that decision? Are you doing it because you think you'll be bad if you do something else or because that food is bad? Or are you doing it because this is what you really want to do? Or is this you're doing it because you think you should be doing this? All of that plays a key role into the decisions we're making and the choices that we're making. 
Right. And I think there's somewhere too in the middle where it is, it's, it's being able to go on vacation and kind of throw all of those thoughts, feelings and whatever out without totally binging out. Right. It's being able to have that freedom to, okay, I'm going on vacation. I can have what I want for breakfast. I can have what I want for lunch, dinner and whatever snacks I want. And then as soon as you get back, you, you're more mindful again and aware it's vacation. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And but I think there's a key difference there between enjoying yourself and binging out and making yourself sick. Right. Indulging or overindulging is kind of what my therapist tells me. Are you eating this dessert because it tastes good? Or are you eating 10 desserts because you're never going to allow yourself to have it again? So you have to eat 10 slices of cake instead of just enjoying the one slice of cake. There's a big difference. And I think what I keep reminding myself is when it comes to even life, but when it comes to vacations or trips or Disneyland, that vacation doesn't need to be revolved around food. Food is not going to make or break whether you have a great vacation or not. It doesn't have to revolve around what am I eating? What should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? What am I going to do? It should be a kind of a natural part of your vacation and kind of that stress that some of us really have around food, myself included, does not have to be the main focus of the trip because what you eat or choose not to eat should not determine whether you have a good vacation or not. It's the memories, the people you're with, the places you're seeing, the things you're doing. That's where you should be enjoying yourself and food should be a second thought. And I think that's the main thing of what my therapist is telling me is your life, but vacation should not revolve around food and constantly thinking if I eat this or if I don't eat this, it's going to ruin my trip or my time. Right. And I think that's a key too to mention or share that that is your disordered eating brain talking. Mm-hmm. And that being aware of that and learning that about yourself is a key to you getting to where you are now, being able to find that middle road and make those choices that are more balanced as opposed to all in or all out. Right. And I had this conversation with my therapist. I said, why do some people, before we went to Disneyland, I had a talk with her. And I said, why can some people be on like this certain diet, count their macros, whatever they want to do, eat normally, go on vacation, enjoy themselves, eat the food, come back and just go right back to their plan? How can people do that? And she said, there's a difference between those people and someone who has a disordered eating way of viewing food. She said, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for myself or people with an eating disorder to kind of have those normal situations or relationships with food to be able to just go on vacation and say, I'm going to enjoy myself and then come right back home and keep going opposed to that stress of what am I going to eat? Should I eat this? Should I not do this? How much am I going to lose? What if I gain weight? Like all those other thoughts that are more the way I think with the way how my brain works when it comes to my body and food. Right. And that's a big thing that I've learned from what you've shared with your therapist and that is that your thoughts and feelings and emotions are heavily tied to food. Mm-hmm. Where I, myself, I mean, I do have some eating things myself, but like my thoughts and feelings and emotions aren't tied and revolved around food. Right. For the most part. I mean, there are things that I do want and obsess over and that kind of stuff, but... Right. It's not to where it is like all encompassing of me like it is for you sometimes. Right. And I think that's an important thing to remember is if you're someone who struggles with this relationship with food or you're supporting someone who may struggle with it is not trying to tell someone their feelings, their thoughts, their whatever are invalid or to tell them, oh, my gosh, you're stressing about food. Just stop. Just eat it. 
because it goes a lot deeper than that. And I think that's where it like a lot of these other episodes we've talked about, like that communication and letting others know what you need and how to support you plays key. And that definitely holds true for like this episode. And when it comes to traveling and food and finding that middle ground, because for a lot of people, like Kevin said, you might struggle with, oh, yeah, when I go on vacation, I eat a lot of sweets. And then when I come home, I don't eat a lot of sweets, just a normal thing that people go through, maybe. But someone with like a brain kind of like mine, it's a lot deeper where I can't just say, okay, I'm going to go enjoy vacation and come back and everything's good. Like, it's very hard for me. And so I think that's why finding that middle ground is so, so important so you can enjoy your trip without constantly stressing about food all the time. Like Kevin said at the beginning, this is the first time, not just Disneyland, but I think ever. I don't know <laughs> if I'd maybe say my ever, whole life, but like but for a long time since we've been together. That I've gone on a trip and not been completely all in or all out, where I completely didn't binge out and I completely didn't restrict myself. And I actually felt in control of food. And that's kind of where I want to share some of these tips that I'm working on that helped me get to this place of this time when we were in Disneyland, I felt really good. It kind of started off rocky, where I felt myself kind of silencing some of those hunger cues or telling myself you're not hungry, don't eat, you shouldn't be hungry yet. And I felt that and I saw myself and heard myself kind of having those thoughts. But immediately I was able to be like, no, we're not doing this. And we're going to enjoy our time without being so stressed out about food and telling ourselves we should or shouldn't eat something. So I think kind of the very first tip that's so important is being mindful and aware. If you are someone who struggles with that all or nothing mentality, really being a mindful of that, knowing about yourself that that's what you think and that's how you are is so helpful because then you can kind of catch it when it's happening and you might not be able to fix it or correct it or you might still make the choices and decisions that are all or nothing. But I found for me, the more I'm aware of it, I can catch those thoughts and then try to switch it to make a different choice or decision. So I think mindfulness is key. <laughs> When it comes to kind of changing these behaviors. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think, like you said, that being mindful and aware is so key, even for someone who doesn't have an eating disorder, doesn't struggle with those uh, those constant thoughts and emotions of dealing with this. I think still being mindful and aware of what you're doing and what you're thinking and that mind-body connection is so powerful in so many aspects of life. Right. And that's what I said. You might not be able to change it. You might be able to say, okay, I know I'm thinking about, I'm making the choice, it's either all or nothing, and if you do go one way or the other, but just being mindful is key, so hopefully we can keep working on it, and down the road you can switch it. The second one that is huge is being prepared, and I'm someone who, especially when it comes to my eating disorder, when I feel like I'm in control or when I somewhat know what to expect, it helps me a lot more. Like, if I look at a menu before I go to a restaurant, if, like, it's in Disneyland, I look at what specials they're going to have for the reopening that they had. I know what to kind of expect when it comes to food or what the options are going to be. 
I find that helps me a little bit more to kind of feel prepared. And it's not like I'm just, this is kind of how I feel. It's like someone pushes me into like a chaotic thing and you're trying to figure out what to do and you have no idea. And so then you just start making compulsive decisions. That's kind of how I feel when I don't somewhat feel prepared with food. Right. And I think there's something to that of you, like you said, knowing what to expect and you can kind of go through and weigh the options and pick what is best for you in your situation, as opposed to not knowing what to expect going in and there's all these options. Okay. I'm going to have all of them because I don't know if I'm ever going to get them again. Right. Or that thing of, oh my gosh, there's so many options. I'm so overwhelmed. And then you shut off like I can do. And then I don't eat anything like those are the extremes. Right. That we're so talking I think about. that's why it's key, like you said, to be prepared and have kind of a plan in place so you can work through it and have a logical choice and decision as to why you want to do what it is that you're doing. Right. So for Disneyland, my absolute favorite snack is popcorn. So I knew, okay, I'm getting popcorn when we go. I've been craving a churro. So Kevin and I, maybe we can share a churro. And then I looked at what new foods or snacks or treats do they have for the reopening. I knew they had a special cupcake. I knew they had a specialty churro. So in my head, I was kind of planning what I maybe wanted and what kind of sounded good. So when I went, I was able to feel prepared and not like I was thrown into this chaotic situation and I had no idea what to do. And it's also letting yourself know it's okay if things change or unexpected things happen or if they say they're supposed to have something and they don't, or they don't have something, or they have something that wasn't listed, things like that can always happen. But just that little bit of being prepared by looking at the menu, looking at the foods, and kind of knowing what to expect helped so much. Which kind of brings me into the third tip, which is a game plan. Kind of like we talked about previously, knowing what you want or what you might want to order from that restaurant or what they offer that sounds good is key to kind of helping you stay in that middle where it's not making a compulsive decision, maybe last minute because you're stressed, you don't know what to do. Should I have it? Should I not have it? Should I have it? Not have it? And then you go completely one way or the other. It's kind of having a game plan to know what you want, what kind of sounds good and what the options are. Whether you change your mind when you're there or not is fine, but at least you're kind of prepared and that helped ease kind of that stress for me. Right. And I think with that, it gives you an option or an opportunity to look at a menu and see what kind of substitutions maybe you want to make. Maybe I can get fruit or a salad instead of French fries or chips or whatever that may be. It gives you that that idea that you can maybe have the burger or have the fried chicken or have whatever it is, but you can alternate and switch. So it's not, again, I'm totally going all out binging. I'm going to have all the mashed potatoes and all the like you can make those healthy options and choices and kind of pre-plan and have that plan in place as to how you want to kind of attack the situation. And I think that's key because for me with having an eating disorder, it feels like food controls me at times. And that's where I feel like I make those decisions that aren't necessarily maybe best for me because I feel like I have no control. And like that's the easiest way to kind of explain it to someone. It's like, someone else has taken over my body and I'm either eating or not eating, but it's not me. I feel like I have no control. And so if you can kind of take some of that control back and take like kind of that power back, it just makes you feel more confident to make the decisions that are best for you. So then the fourth one is being mentally prepared. And this might sound kind of silly, 
but it definitely helps me. It's saying, okay, Jacqueline, we're going to be going to Disneyland. You're going to be eating churros or popcorn or other food. It's okay. You're going to be okay. You're not doing anything bad. You're not bad for making these decisions. You need to go and enjoy yourself. And kind of that positive self-talk is huge because you keep constantly repeating those. They're kind of like positive affirmations, I guess. Oh, absolutely. To yourself because otherwise the other side can take over and you can start feeling... I'm bad for doing this. I'm going to gain weight. I'm so fat. I shouldn't be eating this. I shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. Those are bad foods. But the more you can kind of silence that and keep telling yourself, it's okay. You're going to be okay. That kind of helps silence and bring up the noise that you do want to hear. So as silly as it may sound to like talk to yourself, it it's something I do a lot and I think is one of the reasons why I'm starting to see some changes in like my behaviors and my thoughts because I'm constantly feeding myself with those positive affirmations, positive thinking, talk, and telling myself, you're okay. And the minute I catch maybe a negative thing, I'm able to switch it and be like, no, Jacqueline, you're okay. It's going to be okay. Right. And I think you could even take that one step farther. And I know you, you, you do this and it's it's taking those positive thoughts and feelings and words for yourself. And saying them out loud. Right. There's something to thinking it. It absolutely works. It's a whole nother ball game changer when you take that thought or feeling and verbalize it. Good thing Kevin and I just live alone. We're not in like a shared apartment or dorm because no joke, every time I'm in the shower, I'm talking to myself. I'm saying, it's okay. You struggled with this food today, but that's okay because tomorrow is going to be a different day. And why do you think you were struggling? Like constantly. <laughs> having those talks with myself or while I'm looking in the mirror, curling my hair, brushing my hair. I'm like, yeah, today was a little struggling. Today was a little bit challenged, but tomorrow's going to be a better day. Constantly saying it out loud is so powerful. And I also find writing it down. I'm a very visual person and being able to write it down in my notebook, definitely putting like pen to paper, like not typing it, but pen to paper and writing it out is also definitely something that's helping me. Right. I think, that too, that that doesn't apply just for this situation regarding food, but I think with so many aspects of thoughts and feelings and positive affirmations and, at like, manifesting things, I think that verbalization and that, like you said, pen to paper, it, it makes something more real or more, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, there's something to it being actual, real, and it just takes it to another level. And like I said, it might sound silly, but give it a try. Like I sometimes feel silly talking to myself in the shower or talking to myself in the mirror, but it it's a powerful thing. And one of the things I think that's definitely helping me now kind of overcome some of these eating disorder thoughts <laughs> that creep in sometimes. So then number five is it's not now or never. What I mean by this is this thought of I have to, and we kind of touched a little bit on it earlier, but this thought of I have to eat this all now because I'm never going to allow myself to have it again. I have to eat it all today because tomorrow I'm going to be good. Tomorrow I'm going to be better. Tomorrow I'm going to go back to my healthy eating. This is bad food and I can't eat it tomorrow, so I have to have it all today. 
no, no, let's all together, let's all of us get rid of this thought of it's now or never, because we should be able to enjoy what we want in the moment and being able to listen to our body to have a little bit of something and then tomorrow have a little bit more of it and enjoy more of it is that middle ground. That's that middle ground where it's not, I have to eat all this bag of candy now because tomorrow I'm not going to have it. And it's that little bit of like that switch we have to make when it comes to this. And I'm very guilty of this myself, but there's nothing wrong with eating a little bit now, being done, and then having some more tomorrow because you're not doing anything bad. It's not bad food. You're not a bad person for doing it. And it's better that you enjoy a little bit each day and enjoy it rather than binge out, make yourself sick, have to eat all of it because tomorrow you're going to go back to this mindset of I'm never doing it again. And then number six is listen to your body and listen to your hunger cues. And this kind of plays with that last one, but it's still something I'm working on, but it's really being mindful in your eating, like mindful eating, eating slowly, enjoying the food smelling it, tasting it, looking at it, enjoying it, taking it all in and focusing on what you're eating now, not worrying about what your next meal is going to be, not worrying about what you ate before is really enjoying and being mindful and in the moment of the food that you're eating then. Right. And I think I I would expand on this and say, like, if you're eating, let's say a corn dog at Disneyland, you take a couple bites of it. It's really good to you and you're satisfied and done, you move on. Right. You don't have to eat the whole corn dog because it's there in front of you. Right. And I think that goes back to that mindful eating of when you really are able to sit down and listen to your body, enjoy the food, you'll be able to know I'm done. I don't want any more. I'm full. I don't want to eat any more of this. When you're actually mindfully in that moment of eating. And like Kevin said, and it goes back to that it's now or never It's just because you might have a few bites of like that corn dog. It doesn't mean you have to eat that whole corn dog because you're never going to have it again. It doesn't mean later in the day you can't get another one. Tomorrow you can't get another one. Next trip to Disneyland you can't get another one. It's really being mindful in the moment and listening to yourself and your body for when it's telling you it's hungry, when it's telling you it's full, when it's telling you you don't want any more, and really connecting that mind-body experience because that's definitely something I'm still working on. But if we can listen to our bodies, it's going to tell us a lot of information. So number seven is bring treats home or going off of that is not finishing food and having leftovers or saving it for the next day. And this really helps with being mindful and not binging and not having like that now or never mentality. I really noticed this in Disneyland when I wanted to bring a few treats home. Like, I think I brought a Rice Krispie treat, a caramel apple, and a piece of toffee. And we're driving home, and I had this fear in me that I have to eat all of these treats tonight because tomorrow I'm not having it anymore. And I really had to catch myself in that thinking and be like, that's crazy. No, we're not doing this anymore. Remember, like I said, we're not doing it anymore. This now or never And I caught myself in it and being able to enjoy a little treat or a little bite of a treat every day since we've been home from Disneyland has been such a powerful thing for me. 
And it's really helping me stay in that middle ground of when I got home, it wasn't, okay, now I'm completely going to be quote unquote better because I wasn't good before. So I challenge you, if you're on vacation, try to bring something home with you, even if it's one thing and enjoy a little bit of it every day, even if it's a bite, even if it's a handful of whatever it is, I challenge you. And this is what my therapist told me, challenge yourself to bring something home or have leftovers to have it the next day. And I think that mindset, and this is probably one of the hardest ones out of this whole list for me, is because I'm so used to, I'm in Disneyland, I can only eat this in Disneyland, and when I'm home, I'm being better, I'm going back on my diet, going back on my program, and I can't eat that. And it's challenging you to stop that way of thinking by bringing something home with you. And once I caught myself kind of in that thinking when we were driving home, I was like, we're not doing this. We're going to enjoy it. And we've been back for over a week now, about a week. And I still have those treats at home with me. So I think it was a huge challenge, but a huge growth for me too, by being able to do that. No, absolutely. I think there's a big, big change, this trip especially, of you being able to say, okay, I'm going to get a cupcake and I'm going to take a caramel apple home. Or I'm going to get the cupcake and I'm going to take the Rice Krispie Treat home. Instead of saying, okay, I'm here right now. I need to get the caramel apple. I need to get the cupcake. I need to get the Rice Krispie Treat. And I'm going to finish them all before we go back to our hotel for the night. Right. Because then otherwise, I can't do it again tomorrow. I can't eat this tomorrow. And I think that's where it really goes down to how we think of food, how we classify food, what we say about food, whether it's good or bad. And just because we're on vacation, those foods shouldn't be bad. And then when we get home, we never have them again. It's really changing that mindset and not restricting or not eliminating foods and not calling foods good or bad. It's really being mindful, being patient, and really listening to your body. And I think all of that combined really helped me to be able to stay in that place at Disneyland where I felt in control And like I said, the first time in a really long time, I didn't go into Disneyland and completely restrict myself or go into Disneyland and completely binge out on every single thing to make myself sick. And I felt in control and it felt really, really good. I hope some of these tips can kind of help you if you're traveling, if you're maybe traveling to Disneyland, if you're taking a little vacation, get away, even if you're at home, like all of these help with at home. I was just going to say, this could be that everyday mindset that you're struggling with. And this few of these tips could apply to your everyday struggles that you're going through. And I think it's important to remember, it's not going to change overnight. You're not going to find that middle ground overnight. And it's not to say this trip to Disneyland went amazing with food. And the next time I might struggle and that's okay, but it's continuing to be patient. It's continuing to work on it to be mindful and to be patient with yourself along the way because it's not easy. It's not easy to change these thoughts or the behaviors or patterns or ways we view food or how we talk to ourselves. It's not easy. By no means am I sitting here saying, okay, now I'm giving you these tips. Now you have to go do it because it's easy and here's, you know, I'm giving it to you. Go do it. It's hard. And this is a struggle for me like every single day, things I have to work on. And I think it's just being patient with yourself and loving yourself to keep working on it and to keep showing up for yourself. Right. And I think right along with that is 
it is a day in and day out struggle, but it's never too late to start working on it. Right. Because when you work on it every day, you make a little progress every day. Some steps might be a little bigger. Some steps might be a few backwards. But as long as you keep working at it every day, you're going to get where you want to go. And remembering, even if you have a bad day or a bad moment or a hard time or a hard moment, doesn't mean all those good moments are thrown out. Doesn't mean now you have to start over because you failed. It's a learning experience. Take what happened, learn from it, grow from it, and keep moving forward. It's not a failure. Well, even at that, when you start over, you're not starting from ground zero. You're starting with the knowledge that you learned by getting to where you are right now. So I've heard this a lot. I've struggled with it myself. But it's this fear of if you fail or feel like you messed up or fell down, it's not completely giving up. It's you stand back up and you keep moving forward. You did not fail. We have to take those experiences and learn from it and keep moving forward. Right. So with that, I think we'd like to wrap this episode up by thanking each and every one of you again who takes the time to uh, listen to us and to celebrate this one year of making this podcast. I know it it seems like a a silly little thing, but like to be able to do this week in and week out and have that time to share these thoughts and conversations, it really means a lot to us. Right. So if you find value, if you could please help us out by recommending us to a friend or a family member who also might find value from our conversations, that would really mean a lot to us. There's one other way you could help us out, and that would be taking the time to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And there's one last thing we'd like you to remember. It's It's never never too late late to fly. fly.